Hello and welcome to the Rubber Duck Dev Show. I'm Chris. And I'm Creston. And today we are going to talk about developer continuing education. Uh, how do you how do you keep growing as a developer? Even you know, even senior developers keep learning and learning and learning every day. Because um, so if you don't, you're going to be left behind. That's right. You'll be, you know, programming the COBOL mainframes in the one bank that still uses them somewhere in the U.S. Um, I mean, job security, I suppose. But anyway, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, but before we do, we can review. How was your week? Uh, a blur. Uh, basically, you know, Thanksgiving's coming up next week, but like doing database consulting and some throwing in some rails consulting with it and you know managing all the work going on with the the people that that i'm working with and uh working on the course you know my performance optimization course for postgres just a lot mm -hmm. a lot of stuff nothing nothing really interesting to mention unfortunately like, yeah, no real insights I can convey, unfortunately. How about you? Yeah. Uh, kind of the same, just a blur. It's a continuation of my report from last week. Just hyper busy. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling the 60 to 80 hour weeks now just because we've got a crunch to get the December 15th code freeze finished. So... Yep. And I've got yep. a number of big clients waiting on things, so got to just push. But sometimes, you know, that's just the developer's life. Sometimes you just got to push. Uh, well, that's any any person's not just yeah. developers, right? Okay, so um, continuing education, CE. Uh, there's, you know, we've both been doing this for a day or two. And um, both of us have spent a lot of time over our careers uh, learning new things constantly. And there's a lot of different ways to learn things. Um, even the ways you have access to to learn things changes over your career. Um, kind of changes week to week, honestly. But um, there are a lot of ways to learn. And we're going to talk about some of the ways to keep yourself up to date, uh, to get yourself going if you're a newer developer, um, and to, you know, not look like an old washed out has been if you're a senior developer, um, which is a constant struggle for me. So anyway, um, let's start off with um, kind of newer developers. So there are you know, if you're trying to learn Ruby, let's let's talk about Ruby and Rails because that's the areas we're most familiar with, right? If you're trying to learn Ruby and or Rails, what are places that you like to go to or point junior developers to to say, hey, here's where you, sh you can start learning this stuff? Well, there's also, I think for someone who's totally new, I would probably choose a visual medium. I kind of thought of it through this episode a little bit differently and kind of looked at different medium perspectives. So, I mean, I would look on YouTube and, you know, like GoRails has their site and has a lot of channels, mm -hmm. um, as well as there's, oh my gosh, what is that course? Um 
what's who's the guy that does the rails beginners rails course beginners rails can't even remember his name right now but um (laughs) i can't either but yeah like like go rails they've got all these paths and one of them is ruby for beginners it's funny that this actually on our discord yesterday someone from the dragon ruby community had reached out to me and they were like yeah you know i know ruby fairly well but i want to learn rails so you know where should i go so i pointed them to the go rails and asked um chris exit 3 you know what where should you probably go if you're in this situation and so he pointed us to one of these paths and said you know there's there's all kinds of paths for beginners um but they've just got this this is a really good site cuz it's got a lot of of well structured learning paths to go to uh, so i found it it's uh the site is learnenough.com and it's basically learn enough to be dangerous <laughs> and he's <laughs> he's the one that originally did the i hate to say back in the day but the original i think ruby on rails course that first came out um mm-hmm. or the most comprehensive one he has a lot of other courses now, but it's his, I think his Ruby on Rails one is is the one that has been done the most or whatever. Right, this Ruby on Rails tutorial. I haven't looked yeah. into him. Um, But, you know, oh, hi. But, but for years, that was kind of, had been like the go-to. But, you know, Pragmatic has their stuff too. And of course, there's, there's, books and stuff but i don't know i feel any more well not that they're declining um i you know books aren't as as much of a thing as when we were starting our careers because like you know when i was starting out when i was first learning ruby and rails it was books when i was learning java or i was learning you know you went and got books but that's when we actually had bookstores that you could go to. Yeah, I, I would go to the Barnes and Noble and the Borders and yeah. Walden Books if I had to. <laughs> and I bought books upon books upon, on technology. I mean, not just Ruby and Rails, but like everything, anything. Yeah. Like when I started Ruby on Rails, what did I do? I went and I got a book. Yeah. That's, and, and that's how I learned it. And books are good for a lot of things. For me, though... What I've discovered over my career is that I'm much better at um, short visual observational training. I learn much better in that medium. So like watching a five-minute video on a particular topic. That's the way most people are, actually. I mean, because when you look at it, you know, so we had books. So it's just the written word. Mm -hmm. And that, I mean, you know, there's some advantage to the advantages to that but there's no you you're there's no audio your audio sense you know your hearing sense does not get fed at all through that right. your visual sense does not get fed at all i mean you have to basically think about i mean there's graphs and stuff whereas you know being able to visually see and have moving animation and displaying something like i can't tell you how many blog posts I've looked at trying to explain how to do how to read and explain plan from Postgres 
and it's just hard. Whereas if you watch it on a video, they say, all right, mm. this section means this, and then this is, you know, and they can run a command and you can see the changes. It's to me, it's so much easier to understand or to grok what's going on. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's funny this, this thing yesterday on the discord actually started from, from this guy from the dragon Ruby saying, Hey, I'm wanting to learn this rails. And I found this humble bundle of these books. Are these good books to get? And I was looking at the books and I'm going, these are all great books, but they're 10 years old. So they're not what you need, you know, um, they're, and, and, you know, I know that there's a lot of people like we've had some on the show, um, like Nick and, and Colin, they love to to have these old books and collect them and they'll buy them when they find them just from a historical and and um, um, nostalgia perspective. And the books have a lot of good concepts in them. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying the books are useless. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, yeah. Here, but here's the thing. it A lot of the examples don't keep up with the pace of time. It's like right. it gets rusty. There's a lot of the core concepts are good. Yeah. So those are still reusable. But like trying to run examples, like yeah. imagine trying to run a Ruby, excuse me, a Rails one example today in any capacity. It's right. like good luck. <laughs> yeah. And one of the rail, one of the books in that humble bundle was about Ruby 1.9. And I'm like, eh. okay. Yeah. I mean, it, okay, it's, it's but still very relevant, but I bet you're going to run into problems at some point with it. Yeah. And then you're going to, you're just going to end up having to learn, relearn, how things are actually done now in Ruby three that they weren't doing in Ruby nine and that you had to have all these workarounds or long code paths and stuff like that. And then they've solved a lot of these problems. Or or when you actually look, yeah, exactly. When you actually look at Ruby three code, it's kind of like, what is this? I didn't learn this. Right. Um, So, you know, I think, I think books are just, they're not, I, I like having books and there are some, some books that are really good for learning reference books, things like, you know, the coding patterns, um, the, the, um, the, all the agile type books that teach you how to do agile programming. Those kind of concept books are good. Um, but learning the actual language itself, um, I think is, is better fitted to, um, current visual technologies, videos and, and blog posts, you know, even blog posts can get long in the tooth really quick because like we've talked about before, JavaScript has a new flavor every week. Um, so, it, you know, I think books from a language learning perspective get out of date too fast. So I never recommend new people. Well, I mean, I actually, books. yeah, well, I mean, the courses are the same way. I mean, like mm-hmm. I did this Ansible course a uh, number of years ago um, prior to the re- release of Ansible 2.0. You know, I and I released it. I got some, you know, sales, of course, from it. And I kind of was... Basically, they started advancing forward with the different versions and I kind of ran out of time to go back and refresh it. I mean, I kept using it. I mean, I'm still using Ansible. I'm doing Ansible for some 
uh, consulting and whatnot. But I'm so busy with everything else, I haven't had time to go back and revisit that course. And then plus, I it's not as popular, I think, as it once was in Terraform. Seems to be, although they got themselves water and hot water recently, <laughs> but that seems to be the more popular option people are looking at. So maybe not as many people are looking into Ansible. So there's a reason I haven't decided to do that. But, you know, there's a lot of stuff that changes. So what it's this is, has a negative connotation, but much as a book's content can rot, a course is the same way. I think it's just the nature of technology and how fast it's moving. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I don't think it's books, it's courses as well, because you need to keep your courses or, you know, up to date. Right. And any of that well. that static type content in, you know, I hate to say like video courses are static, but they are. I mean, once they're recorded, they're recorded. Just like our show is static. Once it's recorded, it's recorded, right? And three years from now, the information we're conveying here is going to be kind of out of date. Um, Not all of it. I mean, some of it is conceptual the, stuff the, that the always is true. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. The non-conceptual you know, parts. Right. Yeah. So... Um, that's one of the reasons that I've, my habit is, um, I look for short videos on specific topics. I want to see five or 10 minutes on how to do this very specific thing, because those things can be updated quickly, uh, and kept up to date. You can always find the latest five minute video on those. Um, most people who do those videos will, you know, if there's a significant change in that area, they'll they'll make a new one on this topic. Um, and and it's not as hard to keep those up to date. Whereas if you've got like a four hour course on Rails, well, you know, that's going to go out of date pretty soon, and then you have to do a whole other four hour course. So, um, you know, and, and what I'm seeing is there aren't a lot of those type of things anymore. There used to be, but more more of what I'm seeing now, even at places like, you know, Go Rails and, and stuff like that that have these courses, there are smaller, but more bite-sized videos that teach very specific concepts um, that can be easily replaced when they need to. Um, yeah, so I was just looking at their... Well, there's... Yeah, there's different lessons. I mean, and they're all bite-sized, but still, you they would still right. need to be refreshed at a periodic basis. Right. But what I'm saying is, you know, even if even though they've got like this Ruby for Beginners course they've got, right, is yeah. almost six hours of course, but that's 10 different videos. So they're smaller videos. So if, if they need to take one out of the middle of that because it's gotten oh, old yeah, yeah. and long in the tooth, they just well, replace that, that but one. That's well, that's the way most all video courses are kind of being done now. Right. Well, and that's what I'm saying is that it didn't used to be that way, but that's the way I'm finding almost everything now. Okay. Well, that's yeah. kind of the format I'm used to What of the short ones. I mean, well, you know, the only reference I have of something longer is, you know, like we said, back in the day, we had books and then we had in-class training. Yeah. So you went... For, like, I remember going off site for five days to be trained on Microsoft SQL Server mm -hmm. and learn anything and everything in the <laughs> class environment. And then by the time you got home, that stuff was 
out of date. Well, no, it wasn't, it wasn't moving date. quite that fast back then, but, but yeah, um, no, I mean, it was, you know, it was drinking for the fire hose and, yeah. but what was significant about that is that, and I think it's different from what's significant about that is it helped get you a transformation, meaning that whenever I need to, this kind of differs from what you're saying, but I kind of consider them differently. If I'm going to make a transformation, a step change, I need to entirely learn a new framework. I need to entirely learn a new database. Mm-hmm. I need to entirely learn something. Then I'm saying, okay, what is the best book I can consume? What is the best course I can consume and dedicate, you know, six hours like this other course or 10 hours or whatever it is right. to say, okay, be ensconced in it to, you know, really learn what's going on, then I do that. Um, But once I have gone gone through one of those, then I do the piecemeal things, kinds of what you're talking about, because there's little point things I'm not getting. And then I seek out, oh, five minutes on this, you know, Google, hey, how do you do this? And you get response back. Well, and I, yeah, I think that's over the, over the course of careers, you know, you drink from the fire hose at first, but then it gets to a point where you're, okay, I, now I need to know how to do this specific thing. So I'm going to spend an hour learning this specific thing, and then I'm going to go get back to my regular day job. Um, you know, and you, you're constantly learning, just, just doing your day job, you're learning little bits and bobs as you go. Um, and it gets to the point where you don't really need to take courses. You need to, I mean, unless you're doing like, like you said, big framework changes. Well, I mean, if but, if you're wanting to make some change, yeah. then I think that is the point at which I invest in a course. Right. But for continuing, I mean, just day-to-day career continuing education, because even if you stay on the same path and you're not making major framework changes, you still need to be learning all the time because... Exactly. You know, and, changing, and I kind of consider that... Yeah, I consider that a refinement. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, so I watch YouTube videos or I look at blog a blog post or I, you know, I have a newsletter and I see, okay, what new things are they talking about here? Mm-hmm. So I think once you have that base of knowledge, that's where all these things. Now, what's super interesting, if you remember back when you started development, again, there were books as there was in-class training and that was pretty much it. Am I, you know, because right now, because now there are podcasts, Yahoo's like us talking about software development. (laughs) There's video courses, there's YouTube, there's email newsletters, there's blogs. It's just insane the amount of information that's being produced right now. Yeah. (laughs) That's a, you know, one of my, one of my favorites is the short Ruby newsletter by, uh, Lucian Ginda. Um, he's been on our show a couple of times. Really, really good guy. Uh, but this this kind of gives you, you know, weekly he puts out these little short, well, I mean, they're getting longer, but they've got little blurbs about stuff that he finds all over the place. And it's just little nuggets, um, which is really good for my brain. Um, but, you know, there's all kinds of newsletters for Ruby and Rails. Uh, this is happens to be one of my personal favorites, but um, you know, this is 
there's lots of ways to consume that information. What's good about this is this actually points me to good videos for my brain. But, um, so I know that, you know, I'm sitting here armchair quarterbacking this stuff because I've never put together one of these big tutorials like I do a lot of teaching, but it's usually kind of in person or little bits and bobs here and there. I've never put together something like a go rails or, or, you know, those kind of courses. So I'm going to, I'm going to shut up and let you talk about, um, you know, cause you've done some coursework, you've done course development stuff and talk about what kind of things have to go into something like go rails or, you know, the, the, uh, postgres stuff that you do. Um, yeah, so um, basically what I, what I look at it is getting a transformation for someone. So, for example, because that's what I think the intent of a course is. In other words, you're at this level. Show my hand in the video. And you want to get to this <laughs> level. So I think courses are, are a good use case for that. So, for example... When I was doing, like talking about my Ansible course that I did, there were people that were rolling their own servers at the time to 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 get Ruby and Rails up and running. There were some people that used Heroku, but there were some people that wanted to learn how to do it. And I had gotten to the point of, you know, I had heard about Chef and Ansible, these configuration management tools for a while. I kind of learned it and I built my own infrastructure with it. And I said, oh, this is this is great. I love doing, you know, I love learning this and setting it up and whatnot. And I said, oh, well, maybe I could do a course on it. So basically, I set up and said, okay, you're here for the person who wants to learn, you know, something how to do this. I can have you get to get you to get to this point where you can deploy your own Rails application. And I kind of took them through the different roles that need to be created within Ansible and all the different tasks that needed to be done. And basically, this is kind of how I tend to set up uh, my infrastructure. So they could take that and then apply it to their own environment to create their own way of doing it rather than relying on, like at the time it was, if you weren't using something like Chef or Ansible, you were using your own configuration scripts or basically a lot of roll your own stuff. Mm. So, and in terms of recording it, yeah, I mean, I basically had a limit. I can't remember what the limit was. In other words, I didn't want any particular training course to, excuse me, any particular video to exceed 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. So I just did it and I broke it up into sections. All right, we're going to cover this and, you know, and, um, had the code along with it on the same page and just that's kind of how i presented it when i was doing the course i haven't looked into the go rail stuff i don't because i know some other ways of doing courses they actually do interactive tests as a part of it and i don't know if they're doing that like for example like code school i don't that was you know, a business here or in Orlando, and they mm -hmm. did a lot of the Rails, I think Rails for Zombies or something yeah. was one of the things that got them really known, where 
they put you in a sandboxed environment on a web application and you basically typed code and answered questions correctly or incorrectly and it graded your responses. Mm -hmm. So that is another level. It requires a lot more programming to be able to achieve that type of a course, but that's not what I did. I just basically, mine was just videos. Here's the code. Here's and explaining kind of why I'm doing what I did and how the different system works. Yeah. So, and you know, I, it's, it's hard to put those kind of things together. Um, you know, I've had to put things together internally for companies and stuff like that, but I, I've never put together like an online um, course. But I do know that there's a there's a lot of prep and a lot of you know the, the the editing takes forever. All this stuff takes a lot of time to put together. Um, and I I think that it's those things are underutilized a lot of time especially by senior developers. You mean a I'm, video course? Yeah, utilized? video courses. Okay. They they seem to be um consumed more by by newer developers who are trying to get the fire hose going. Um but I think there's a I think there's a missing out by senior developers on looking at this stuff because one of the things that I've noticed, you know, when we were doing the live coding um, shows and I was I was wa I've been watching other people live coding, you know, just kind of hanging out on Twitch or, or YouTube and watching some other people code and stuff and talking to them. And I learn a tremendous amount of stuff just from watching somebody else code and explain what they're doing. Even as a senior developer, even if it's something I know I know really well how to do. I'll still learn something from this other person's approach. And so I think it's still really valuable for senior developers to get into these courses too. And look, even looking at like Ruby for beginners on, on go rails, I guarantee you if, even though I've been doing this for a million years, I'm going to go look at that course and I guarantee that I will learn things in every one of those videos. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the, yeah, that's the thing too. Yeah. So, you know, I would, I would encourage senior develop, not only that, but it kind of, what I'm finding is it kind of rejuvenates your passion for coding because you'll learn, you'll get some aha moment from them explaining something and go, all oh, right. And I can use that for this. And you, you start getting energized again and, and start discovering your passion for it again, just by kind of getting back to basics. And watching what other people are are explaining about it, it's been a really good experiment for me. I've I've been doing that with the watching live coding and looking at some um, newer videos, training videos, and stuff. And it's it's been kind of eye opening, and it's making me like programming again. So, kind of how I was feeling when I switched over to Dragon Ruby and just did some some Ruby coding yeah, yeah. that wasn't Rails, you know. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's for me, continuing education is very well served by these kind of courses. 
Yeah, so, you know, I also do like the scaling Postgres and talking about the difference between like, I guess, I kind of put them into two, two groups, continuing education and someone wanting a transformation type thing. So like continuing education, that's kind of like my scaling Postgres and this show that goes out weekly. Mm-hmm. So like scaling Postgres, you know, it, episode is produced a week every week it's 10 to 15 minutes in duration and it just says all right what's going on in postgres this week so it talks all about stuff going on much like we do we try sometimes we do current topics but you know we talk about issues related to software development from a continuing education perspective but i haven't done anything with postgres yet that actually does a transformation type thing that I'm talking about. So that's kind of what I'm planning for the course. Now, this is just the course page. It's it's not here yet. And this is what right. we talked about last week. This is this free performance starter kit starter mm-hmm. kit I set up. This is just to kind of get inter- if you're interested in the course, this is just kind of giving you an introduction on getting started with it. But like the course that I'm going to be working on it's all about Postgres performance optimization. So its intent is for there, if you are a, a developer or some sort of engineer that wants to understand how to optimi- optimize your database better and get more performance out of your queries, or even just reduce the utilization of the database system itself. Because like I've taken in some of my consulting arrangements, I've taken a database that was running at 80% CPU utilization, and I go in and look at the top queries and make each of them more efficient using different methods, and then the CPU utilization gets down to 20%. So it's the same load, same application load, but now they were thinking, oh, we're going to have to upgrade our database. Well, now you don't have to. Right. So it's, it's that kind of knowledge that I'm kind of covering in the course to kind of make a transformation. Meaning if someone wants to go from, you know, a little bit of a neophyte, someone who doesn't know that much about how to make Postgres perform optimally, I want to kind of get them as far as they can go and kind of share, you know, what I do, what I see in my consulting to you know, try to get to where the level I'm at in terms of skill so that they can then take it back to their job or, you know, and then mm-hmm. apply it, apply it there and look well, down, looked up on as a database wizard. <laughs> right. And and that's really the, the, the reason that you want to invest in courses like this is because like, for instance, let's say the Postgres stuff, you spent years learning all these things, trial and error, research, all you know, figuring out what works and what doesn't. And, you know, something that may have taken you months to figure out, you can teach somebody in five or 10 minutes because now you know all the all the tricks and they don't have to spend months figuring it out. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's what you're trading for. Yeah, that's the thing. That's if you want a fast transformation, I think a course is the best way to do it. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing it, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... You know, because the options are okay. Yeah, you could take the course or 
I think how many episodes of Scaly Proscrows are 290. I just did yeah. 291. Or you could watch those. I mean that that'll take you a day, you know. <laughs> take a hot second. <laughs> so you know. But yeah. you know, so that's kind of what I'm going with. And then, you know, and for this course, I'm kind of I've had exposure to another type of course that wasn't in technology, but it had a live component to it. Um, they encouraged people to get together and team up uh, fellow students. And there were um, live discussions that were happening and the course got released over time. So it was, it's kind of a hybrid of an in-person class you would go to and online course at your own pace. Mm -hmm. So I felt more for this other course I'm, I'm talking about, I felt more motivation to actually get in and do it because I know there were going to be others there doing it mm -hmm. because ashamed to say, sometimes I've bought video courses that gee, were on black Friday sales, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and I never watched them. So it's like, okay, I've, I've done this, but I kind of like, haven't, committed to doing it whereas with this other course that i'm that i'm talking about i took it and it's like i know every week there's something going on it's kind of a reminder it's there it's not like because normally when you buy you know one of these online video course things or you you become a part of it it's not they're sending you emails and saying hey did you finish the course or hey did you do this lesson or this module or hey did you you know it's it's just kind of like you're by it and you're done it's or it's kind of like a book it's like and i've bought books before that i never really read all the way through mm -hmm. you know much like my video game library you know it happens <laughs> yeah, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> so but this what i'm going with with my course is trying to emulate this experience i had and my intent intent is to you know release a module a week and have actually live lessons as a part of it and have people be able to be there and ask questions because, you know, I'm going to build as large a database as I can, like a multi-terabyte database with billions of rows in it. And that will be kind of what the examples I'm using and showing and talking to people about it. But, it, you know, my hope is that they'll take the knowledge impart, imparted and go back to their job or they'll take a look at, Hey, some of their queries and some of the, you know, and they not that they have to share anything, but mm -hmm. they can work on it and then say, Hey, I did this thing and it, it worked out great. Yeah. So that's, that's, you know, so that's kind of what I'm, that's my goal for the, the, the performance optimization course I'm working on. So, right. So if you want to know more about that, if you're into, if you're into databases or Postgres, or you just want to see, how this kind of course experience turns out, go to scalingpostgres.com and sign up, uh, put your email address in. I promise you that, that Creston won't, you know, send you, send you weird stuff in the mail and, and spam you and all that crap. He just sends you the information you need. Um, but if you want to be kept up to date on what's going on with that course, uh, please go do that. Um, yeah. So if you're, if you're on the email list, I will be sending out an email about, uh, of course, you know, on this coming, you know, yeah. So when this video gets released, it's basically Black Friday, 11, uh, November 24th is when I'll kind of mention the course and there'll be a page on scalingpostgres.com kind of talking a little bit about it. Yeah. So make sure you sign up for that, 
uh, email list so you can stay up to date there. Um, but yeah, so, you know, continuing education, it's a thing that you do all, which is why they call it continuing education. You do it throughout your entire career and the, the forms change a bit as you move along. Um, and the rate of intake changes a bit as you move along, but there's always, always stuff to learn. And one of the things that I would highly encourage senior devs to do, especially if you're feeling a little burnt out, is go watch some other people program or go watch some of these beginner level courses and just let your brain get back to basics and, and feel the passion again that you had when you started programming and, and really, really loved it, right? If you watch the basics being taught, it kind of puts your brain back in that mode and then, you know, kind of gives you a, a, a charge up for a while. But, um, and so I, I, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. And, and junior developers, I highly encourage you to seek out courses like this. And the other really good thing to do is to get involved in things like discords. You know, go rails has a really big discord. We have, you know, come join our discord duck pond. Um, you know, we talk in there. That's a great way to learn. It's just talking to other developers and asking questions and offering things that you think. And, you know, cause we like to learn too. So in terms of learning, I have another question about, about this. So mm -hmm. what do you watch speed? Do you watch your videos at? <laughs> I, I don't, Actually, let's make that a survey. People in the comments, yeah. what you watch the, the, your videos at? Yeah, I know. I, I've heard you tell me before that you, you kind of do the 1.5 or the 2.0. I'm about the 1, well, 1. 1.5, 2.0. Yeah. It, it goes a little bit too fast. Yeah, I never do that. I just don't. Wow, because, okay. Because normally what I do is I'll watch a little bit of the video and then get yeah. up and pace around the house and think and absorb and, and you know gestate on that. And then I'll come back and watch a bit more of the video and do that again. So, you know, like a 10 minute video takes me an hour to consume because, um, but I'm, I'm really, you know, chugging along in there as I go instead of consuming this and then, you know, cogitating. <laughs> Whatever I do afterwards. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, I have a very particular way of, of consuming those videos, but you're right. It, that, that is a really good thing that I'd like to know is, um, Maybe I'll maybe I'll put a, a poll up on the Twitter X, whatever the hell it is now. Um, not that anybody's on there anymore. Maybe I'll do it in the Discord. Um, but to find out, you know, what speed do you watch your videos on, your learning videos? That's an interesting question. Yeah, I mean, the only reason I, that I mean, I might go a little bit slower, a little bit faster. It depends on how fast the person's actually talking yeah. and how much the, the density of the information conveyed right so you know because i do want to consume it's not that i'm just a you know everything's in a blaze and a blur but yeah my whole life is a blaze and a blur i don't need my videos to be <laughs> like that uh um but yeah you know so much as i hate to say it i don't highly recommend books for language learning. Concept learning, I think they're great. Reference type books, I say put those on your shelf because they're it's good to step away from your 
your electronic media every once in a while and just flip through a book, flip through something tangible and real. And, you know, I've got to look up this problem. Let me look in my book, my patterns book or whatever. Um, those and, are great. But and I mean, and I still I mean, I'll say that, you know, I still buy books <laughs> like, um, you know, and. You know, it's just finding the time to kind of go through them. I mean, you know, so definitely peruse them. I mean, the thing about it is, is that it is easier. To, sometimes it's easier to scan a book than it is some to what are they called scrubbing when you go fast yeah. through it, you know, than, than, than to go through a scrub video. Right. So, and, I mean, like that I is say, one advantage that they have. I do still have a lot of books and I, but I, they tend to be things like reference books, like the, you know, the gang of four patterns book or the the um you know project management books or theory books things like that getting a book like on ruby 1.9 well probably but not you your could best. get one on, if someone wrote a book i don't know if they would but here's the thing you already have you already have all that knowledge of ruby so all you right. need is a ruby 3.3 addendum and you're good right <laughs> where if someone's new if they had a full comprehensive ruby you know book well right but what i'm i guess what i'm saying is if if you get something like let's say that i got a book on ruby 1.9 when ruby 1.9 came out it was new i was learning i got the book well to stay up to date i have to keep buying the dlc so True. <laughs> you know <laughs> i in those cases, I really don't see that as the the best use of my money. I'd rather invest that in a video course on Ruby or reference books like what we talked about before. Yeah, yeah. So. And that, that goes back to kind of what I was saying before is that the advantage, and this is kind of why I do scaling Postgres as a video type thing, because you get the audio component you get the visual component you know dynamic moving component well i don't move that much but you know <laughs> <laughs> that just enhances the learning that's possible so yeah yeah well yeah especially when you get to like see people's faces and their expressions when they talk and you know make fun of how that goofy guy on the one side looks and you know that kind of oh, stuff yeah. keeps you engaged um so but yeah uh, We'd love to hear your thoughts on continuing education. What do you do to to help keep yourself engaged in learning? Um, whether you're a junior developer or a senior developer, or you've been doing this like me for a thousand years, how do you how do you learn new stuff? What are your favorite methods? What keeps you engaged and and excited about programming? Um, and most importantly, how fast do you watch your videos? Are you a, a 1.0 guy like me or are you a 1.5 guy like Creston? Uh, we, we'd really like or to know. Or you a 0 0.5 because I think that's possible too. Uh, yep, there you go. Um, I've even seen some 2.0ers, you know? <laughs> it's a thing. I don't understand how they get anything out of that, but, you know, it's a thing. And my brain just don't work that fast. Um, anyway, hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, I, I have a lot of fun doing these shows so uh we're glad you're here we're glad you're watching uh please let us know about any content that you would like to see in the comments below um 
Also, please make sure you like and subscribe to this video. We do respond to the comments, so if you put something down there, ask a question, give a thought, uh, we respond to those. Uh, we read every one of them. Um, so we do like to talk to you guys. This video will be going up soon. These are pre-recorded now, but they go up the next day. Um, after I ship them off to Creston and he works his magic. Um, we will have all the links for all the hot stuff down in the doobly-doo below the video. Uh, so you can find all the links there. Don't forget to go check out scalingpostgres.com and sign up if you want to be kept up to date with those courses. Um, you can also hang out with us on Twitter, at DuckyDevShow, or you can come join our Discord Duck Pond and hang out with us there. Uh, I've usually got that up next to me while I'm working throughout the day, so you could probably ping me on there and, and get my attention most of the time. Um, so, next week... Yes. ...is Thursday. No, Thanks. is Thanksgiving. Next yes. Thursday is Thanksgiving. <laughs> and Thursday. I told you my brain doesn't work that fast. Next Thursday is Thanksgiving. So we won't be recording a show then because we'll probably be, actually, our families will probably be together having Thanksgiving dinner um, and, and celebrating our year and, and being thankful. Um, so we will be back, uh, I would assume, the next week with yet another surprise topic that we haven't decided on yet. but. I promise you we'll talk about it next Thursday while we're eating turkey together. Um, so if you are a person that celebrates Thanksgiving, we wish you a very happy Thanksgiving. Uh, and we will see you again in a couple of weeks. Until then, happy programming. Happy programming. <laughs>